the Rambam. We're holding by the, what's called the Min. And we spoke about, last night, we spoke about the idea of the fact that a person ascribes physicality to Hashem and why the Rambam considers that to be something which is missing in Ikram, something which would determine that a person that is called now, what we have to explain next is the fourth category out of the five that Ram talks about because it sounds very repetitive. He says, Someone who says that Hashem isn't the Rishon, He isn't the first one who created everything. What does that mean? What does that mean? The Ram already said this. The Ram already said in the first Ikar that in the first principle is that a person who says that there, there wasn't, who claims that there wasn't an Eloika, a God which was all-powerful. So what's the new thing of saying he wasn't the first one who created everything? So that's what the rival is bothered by. And what the rival comes to suggest, um, not, he's not coming to argue to Rambam, he's coming to explain the Rambam. So he's, he's suggesting what we find in the Midrash, and the rabbit says, in the Midrash, the, the guy who told one of the Tanoim, it's true, your God is a great sire. He's a great artist. He manages to make a beautiful world. He had tools. In other words, there were pre-existing elements which Hashem utilized to make the world. Such as, So that's the Midrash. The Tana argues with him, the Rishad argues with him, explains to him why that's not a, it's, it's on, that Hashem created that as well. But the mistake here would be to say that there was pre-existing elements beforehand. Hashem just utilized these things which already existed in order in order to to develop and create the world further. <coughs> and then again, why is this a, a lack in Imuna? Why isn't this the mistake? If this person is admitting that HaKadosh Baruch creates the world, is just saying that there were existing elements which Hashem used. So why is it this serious enough to be considered a person who is not a terrorist, he's considered someone who doesn't believe in Hashem? So, we'll start with this two levels to understand. The simpler level first, and we'll get to the deeper level. The simpler level is Pashat. There's a difference between how a person can create and how Hashem creates. Like we've said lots of times, that a person... What a person can do is change the form of something. I can take a piece of wood and make it into a chair, or make it into a sculpture, or make it into a bookcase, whatever I choose to do with it. But I started off with the, with the material. I started off with the wood. I can take a piece of gold and I can make it into a watch, or into a ring, or into a, or into a, or into a manera. And, but I'm starting with the gold. What a person can create is basically reshaping or reforming things which already exist. A person can't create new matter, and that's partial. Mashiachan, HaKadosh Baruch is boire, which means he creates out of nothing. There wasn't something beforehand which Hashem formed into a different element. Hashem creates the original. And therefore, when a person would say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is only acting like a person, he's a good craftsman, he can create extremely beautiful, extremely intelligent items, but it's relegating what Hashem creates to the same thing that a human creates which means he has to have existing elements beforehand which he can form into different into different new things. 
but then it means that there's no initial creation. And the Muna is that there was nothing before Hashem. So that's a simple chat. There's another Mahalakha here on this Eka, which I heard from a Mayavi Rabbi Mosh Shapiro, a friend of Racha. I, I don't know if it was his Khedash or his source for it, but if it's in the Rambam, it's, a, you say, it's an important Yisai. And he said that in this principle of a person who says Hashem isn't a Rishon, the way it's brought in an Imamin, the word is Rishon Vahachron. It adds not just that he's a Rishon, but also that he's an Achron. Not only his beginning, but he's also the end. And what's the, the source and the Torah for such a thing? The Basak. Hashem Rishon I'm the first and I'm the last. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean Hashem is first and Hashem is last? In other words, first we can understand. First we understand because Hashem exists before everything else that He creates. But what does it mean that He's the last? Even that's hard. First is connotation of non-infinite, no? So before time. But if you say before, it's first. First. And it's before anything else was created. If it's going to be before, it's first. First, which, so... There's, there was at the beginning there was only Hashem. After that, other things he he created. No idea that there is no beginning with the Yerusha, the Yerusha didn't have. Yeah, that's also let's try that in as well because we'll get asked to get answered. That Hashem doesn't have a beginning. But even if you're going to talk in relation to the, everything else, so you can say Hashem preceded them. So why does it say that? It doesn't say that. It says He's first. It's a funny question. You know, as if you're going to say first of other things. If you, if that's how we're going to explain. That not that he's a beginning, but he's Rishon to whatever comes next, that I can understand. I agree the Lashon to also, it's, it's difficult if Hashem is timeless, but we'll get there in a moment. But the, or the question is, what does it mean he's Akron? Akron to... That's something that's after the world. Uh, but but Akron means he's after everything. And that means well, there's no point where everything is going to not exist. Once Hashem is created uh, Nishamas, once Hashem is created a Matthias, so we don't we don't talk about that that Matthias will disappear again. So what is the the call, the world. So right, because it says Yimloch, Luva has to be that something else exists. Right. Right. It must be that there's still things. So what does Hashem's Achra? Mala means people also exist then. We just don't know what's gonna to happen to us. After the world, people will, we aren't going to disappear at the end of the world. We're going to go to Adam Abba. And the concept of Adam Abba is something which is not time-based, it's eternal. So people exist. Once Hashem's created existence, it doesn't destroy it again. So, what's the, so what do we mean when we say Hashem is Akhman? So the insight is like this. And we answer the simplest question at the same time. The Moshe explains that the principle is a different principle. When we say Rishon Va'achran, we don't mean that he, that he exists before everything or he exists after everything. We mean something else. The, the, the way Ramosh explained it is that one could accept that Hashem is the creator by himself and he created a world. But it could be a world which is created and is not uh, meant to go anywhere. Hashem created the world, and the world is charting its own course, or remaining in the same place, and uh, it doesn't take away from the fact that it was created, it's just, once it's been created, it's left its own devices. 
we don't, it's not neither regressing, progressing. It's just whatever people do, it does. Like whatever it is, it's a, or it's maybe it's an active model, but it's, it's it's just doing its own thing. It's left to it's to it's left to run itself, so to speak. Like a, sh- a ship adrift at sea, it's just doing whatever it does. The idea of Rishon v'Achron is that the world's going somewhere. It has a starting point and it has an end point, and therefore it's going from the be- point of beginning to the point of end, which means Hashem charted a course for the world. And the Yisrael of the Hashem is Ani Rishon, Ani Achron, is that I set the world from the point of where it began. I set, I set the Rishon, and I've set the end point of where the world's going to get to. And therefore, and this is the therefore point in Emunah, which is Mamish Lafuke, what the Ramban says, one of the beliefs beliefs of the of the Kichovim, of Oz of Hashem Yisrael. Hashem creates the world and then abandons the world. Now, why would, why would Hashem do that? We can speculate about that, but there was this belief which the Ramban talks about. Sorry? But even if Hashem created the world, but after that it's left to itself. Hashem is not directing the world. The Ramam says this in the first verse Hashem is Boire Umanik. He creates the world, Umanik. He's leading the world. Now, that the Ram didn't say here in, in the Ekrim. He just said the first verse he said was the one. That the world doesn't have a manic, someone who's directing it. And that's the idea of Rishon V'Achron, and there's a starting point, and Hashem is directing it to where it's going to get to. The end point is where Hashem set the end point to be. So we're not talking about Hashem as existing after everything. We're talking about Achron, is that Hashem says, I've set the beginning, and this is the end. And that the world's going to get to that end. It's, it's traveling with the Mahalach, which is going to achieve the result the world's meant to achieve. Why does the Apostle say, I'm the Rishon and I'm the Achron? Because that's where the world began from. The world began from the point that it was, let's say, the entire Bria recognized that HaKadosh Baruch is the Mahalach. And then, since the height of Adam, the world's gotten steadily worse. But the end point is a new Achron. When the world comes back, that recognition again. The world's going to come back to the Akhran that recognizing Hashem is going to be the final scene. So when was Rishon? At the Bria before the Chet. There's only Adam. And it was needed. But Adam recognized Hashem. So then there was a world in its pristine purity. Before the Chet of Adam, the world was exactly what Hashem wanted the world to be. The world that recognized HaKadosh Baruch and there was no Ra. And the world has to return to that state. A new Rishon, a new Akhran. The last scene, the final point the world's going to get to is it's going to get back there again. And therefore the Amunna is, the world is directed. The world is being directed. The world isn't happening. Now, we don't see that so clearly because we can't always see how all the, what's happening in the world is bringing to that stage. We can't see how it's going to get there eventually, but this is the insight. If HaKadosh Baruch told us that this is where the world's going to end, then we understand HaKadosh Baruch has the plan of how he's going to bring it there again. You don't have to say Emsa. Sorry? You don't have to say Emsa. The Hoya and the Yiyah is the same thing. The Hoya, we, we know that the Emsa is Hashem's running the world right now, even if we can't see it. Even if we can't see it clearly so right now. It's the same now, concept. It's the same concept. It's connected. So how come just a Grusha and Akron? I'm, I'm just, it seems to me like it should have said the middle order. Because it wasn't clear in the middle. The Rishon was when it was clear. The whole world recognized the, the MS, oh, and the Akron is clear again. 
So if he's not recognized in the middle, that's why. And it's not recognized in the middle. So then we may, it's missing that re- revelation of I need, I need whatever will be right now. But we know that Hashem is bringing it back to that stage again. Now, why is this a principle in, in why is this a principle in Imuna? Which again, without this, the Rambam says the person is a kafir. And if you think about it, this is because it's impossible to have Imuna without this principle. What's the principle again? If that... that the world is not hefka. Hashem is running the world to bring it to the point He wants it to get to. It's not like Hashem is a span out of control and is doing its own thing. And why, why is this the principle which is imperative to Imuna? And the reason why it's imperative to Imuna is because without that, then, you know, it could be Hashem created the world, but He's not in charge anymore. But He's not in control. The world's doing its own thing. It's like kind of ran away on its own, its own track of, of Rishos, and Hashem doesn't have the reins to put it back in. So that's the case. There's no Imuna. What can you trust in? What can you rely on? But the fact is that the world isn't like that. The world is controlled the whole time. And I think, and even that doesn't it doesn't necessarily appear to be that way, but we know Hakadosh Baruch is holding on to it very tightly. Nothing happens if he doesn't want it to happen. There's a hashkocha, and if that's the case. If Hashem is holding the reins, we understand He can pull things to where He wants them to go. He can direct them to where He wants them to get to. So then there's a munah, because it means Hashem is in control. He's the manik. And this is the insight. We talk about Hakadosh Baruch Hu as writing a merkava. The Merkava, we said lots of times, is the marshal for Hashem runs the world. The Hanhoga of running the world is literally driving a Merkava. Now, what's the Yisrael? As opposed to maybe the ways we have of transport today, the idea of a Merkava is you have horses and you have the wagon, and you have the wagon driver who's sitting on the Merkava, sitting on the wagon holding the reins. Who's leading who? Who's leading who? The horses are leading the wagon driver or the wagon driver is leading the horses? So even though the horses are running in the front, but if the wagon driver is in control, he's leading the horses. He can make them run, he can make them stop, he can turn the direction. So it could be they're running, but they're being controlled. And that's the, the most basic explanation of how we understand Hashem's Merkava. Hashem's Merkava are people, are the horses. They're busy running, doing what they want to do. But Lema'as, Baruch is in control. He's putting the reins. So he reins people in, he lets people go, he turns them around. And it's just called, he's on the Merkava. He's the one who's got the reins which directs what's happening. Even if it seems that people are the ones running things and making things happen and making decisions and changing the world. No, it's all being held back. It's all being controlled. Is that just like significant people? like world? Every single human being. Whatever Bechir a person has, the Maisach or the Prophet is controlling where they go with it. And you said this lots of times. It's Yisraeli Nemunis. It's worth repeating again and again. The Gemara says, the Midrash says, sorry, the Midrash, the Midrash says that the Romans asked Rabbi Yosef bin Khalafta that after Hashem finished creating the world in six days, what's he been doing for so long? The number of Midrashim with this question was asked, but the particular Midrash we're quoting now, the Midrash says, Akadish Baruch is Isis Sulamis Hashem is making ladders in the sky. What are these ladders for? He says that sometimes the person uh, doesn't, isn't, loses what they're meant to have. Or doesn't get what they're meant to get. So Hashem, He makes them a ladder to help him out. And sometimes a person takes something they're not meant to get. So Hashem, Hashem makes them a ladder to go down. So Hashem spends his time building ladders. And the idea of the ladders in the sky basically means 
how Kodesh Baruch Hu puts things back where he wants them to be. And this is the aside of Imad. If Reuben steals from Shimon, so now Reuben has money he wasn't meant to get. And Shimon lost out of money he was meant to get. So yes, Reuben had the, the choice to do what he wanted to do. He went and stole. But now, Hashem has to stop pulling the ladders. He has to find a way for Reuben to lose the money that he stole and find a way for Shimon to get it back again. And now again, a person can do what he wants. He has Bechira. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu's racks the scales the whole time. Mashallah Kadmani. Sorry? Mashallah Kadmani. That love is the Salamis Barakir. The Salamis Barakir is how Hashem puts things back he wants them to go. And this is the important side because this is what people don't understand. It doesn't affect Bechira. People have 100% Bechira and it doesn't affect the Bechira one bit how Hashem sets things right again. For example, I'm going to my marshal before. Reuben's walking past him, Shimon's store and he sees that Shimon went out for Minch and he left the cash register open. So now Reuben has a choice. He can run in, grab a handful of money and run out or he can decide I'm not, it's the wrong thing to do. That's his Bechira. No one's getting involved in that. But, what's going to happen? The question is, and what happens next? Let's say Ruben does grab, grab the money, stuff in his pocket, and half a minute is out again. So he made his choice. He made his choice. He, he, he exercises Bechira, he decided to steal. He's now 10,000 shekels richer than he was before. And now, what happens next? Now what happens next is not within his Bechira. It could be someone's going to walk past and see him. And call the cops. Could be there was a camera somewhere. These aren't done with his Bechira. It could be, as he's running away, the money's going to fall out of his pocket again. It could be, he's going to get run over by a car and he'll spend the money in trying to go for plastic surgery. Hashem has lots of options. It could be someone will steal from him. Hashem has lots of options of how to re- put things back where he wants them to be. If Reuben wasn't meant to get the 10,000 shekels, he's going to lose it again. How? So that's nothing to do with Reuben's Bechira. Hashem will build the ladder. He'll let him down. Only if it's affecting. There's another option. It could be. Reuben was meant to have the 10,000 shekels. And, ex- and, he, and therefore, he chose a way to get it, which was wrong. Had he not gone that direction, he would have gone a different direction. Had he not stolen the money, someone would have given it to him as a gift. He would have got an extra job. He would have had a Yerusha. Again, Hashem has options. So, wh- wh- what Reuben's decision was, was do I want to steal or not, that's not going to make a difference to uh, the outcome. Because, like we said, Hashem is going to write the scales. And it's saying from Shimon's point of view. If he's meant to have the money which Reuben stole from him, Hashem will find a way to get it back again. And if he was Taka meant to lose the money, so this is the way Hashem made him lose the money. In other words, the way Hashem runs the world is the way he wants it to run. He just works around people's Bechir. People make decisions, and Hashem works with their decision. We'll just go around that. A person can decide to be a Russia. Okay, but with that, Hashem will make that edit to bring him back to where he wants to go. And this is the Gemara. The Gemara is the same thing. The Gemara talks about a Bastin, which are Paschalim, not only but Dalacha. And Hashem says to this Vestin that you're being matriach me to put everything back again. Right? You decided, you took shaykhad or whatever it was, and you decided to award this guy a million dollars which he didn't deserve. So what does Hashem say to these Dayanin? Not that you're making a mistake, that you're causing a problem now that this guy has extra money. No. Hashem says to Dayanin, you're being matriach me to, 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 to put everything back again. In other words, you can do what you want. It's not going to change things. What Hashem wants to happen is going to happen. This is the aside in the middle. What Hashem wants is going to be. You can make all the decisions you want. And I always give a marshal for this. Imagine you're driving a car, you come to a crossroads. You can go right, you can go left. Now you can choose. No one's telling you which way to go. You can choose. So I choose to go right. I choose to go left. Once I've made that decision, now I'm stuck. Because wherever the road takes me, I'm going to go. 
I don't have a choice anymore. Sorry? No, we're talking about the continent. Oh. Or maybe called Shuvah turning around, maybe. But once I'm on the track, then I'm going to go where the road takes me to. I, I turn right, the road forks left. I turn left, the road goes in a circle. That's a, a person has Bechira, and that's true which direction he wants to go. But after one person's made the decision, and what's going to happen next, that's not his Bechira anymore. And that's how Kodesh Baruch maintains the control. We can do whatever we want, but Hashem changed the playing field. That's right. That's the thing. So you have the chair, and the chair is real. But afterwards, it happens next. That's how Hashem re- restores control. That's instead of Rishon V'achran. Rishon V'achran is, things aren't Hefka. It started from the point where Hashem wanted to start from, and it's going to finish where Hashem wants it to finish. Which way around we're going to get there? Which route we're going to take? Okay, you choose the route. And we'll go, well, that's, the route that's the route we're going to take to get to that same point. But the that's the, 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 the Rishon V'achran was set. That's what he means. That who the vayda rishon v'tzur lako. It wasn't just that Hashem creates everything as the world. As Hashem creates what He wants the world to get, to. and the world's getting there. The world's going to get there. Yeah, that's the the emuna in Ashkacha. The emuna that Hakadosh Baruch is so to speak in control and making sure the world is going to not just the world, every person is going to end where Hashem wanted them to get. To. He's going to get to the point Hashem wants them to achieve, to to be at.